Hi, everyone. It's Jen DeWall. And on this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast, I sat down with Ronnie Peronic to talk about how to build your legacy. Ravati, known as Ronnie Peronic, was born in Houston, Texas to Indian parents. And she spent the first 19 years of her life in Houston before returning to India for a period during her adulthood. As the co-owner, EVP, and global CFO of Houston-based Worldwide Oil Machine, with more than 4,000 employees across 13 global locations, she implemented a successful operational framework that grew the company's annual revenue to more than $350 million. Ronnie was named one of the top 25 most influential women in energy in 2022 by oil and gas investor and Heart Energy. And I hope you enjoy our conversation as we talk about how to build your legacy. Hello, hello, everyone. So excited to have on the show today. We have Ronnie Peronic, and we are talking about how to build your legacy. I love this topic because it helps us be more intentional and more strategic, hopefully, with how we're living our time. But Ronnie, thank you so much for carving out time. I know that you are busy. I know you have your hands on a lot of things. Thank you for carving out the time to have this conversation with our audience. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jen. Lovely being here. Yeah. Well, before we get into it, I always start it. Our audience is familiar. I love to kind of have you introduce yourself to our audience in your words. You're an author. You recently wrote seven letters to my daughters. But if you could go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to be, and then also what inspired you to write the book? (laughs) Love it. Love it. So thank you again. Let's see, where do I start? First 17 years, 17 years of my life, I lived in Houston, Texas. This is not where I was born. I was born in India, but when I was a six-week baby, um, I was brought to Houston. So I'm second-gen immigrant to the United States. 17 years here, graduated from Lamar High School. The next 17 years of my life, I lived in India. That's when I had an arranged marriage at 19. Um, I raised my two daughters, mostly in India, but then later on in the United States as well. Started my own dance company for leadership and expression and team building um, in India when I was there for 17 years. Then I decided to come back home again to Houston. So now it's been another 17 years that I've been in Houston again. So you can do the math. You can tell I'm 51 years old. So there you go. Uh, I wear a couple of hats. Yes, I'm an author. I would probably say that's my newest hat that I'm wearing now. Uh, My first hat uh, is me being the EVP co-owner and uh, basically incoming CEO for Worldwide Oilfield Machine. Uh, WOM, as we love to call it, is an engineering and manufacturing company for um, the oil and gas industry. We also do serve railways and defense as well, but primarily for oil and gas. We're vertically integrated. We have about 11 locations around the world, 400 people here in in Houston, about 2,500 people in India, which is our huge manufacturing base. But uh, it's just a joy to see this company grow from zero to now 43 years in the making. My dad, who's also my boss and the founder of Wom, started the business. I grew up in the business. And now, of course, for the last 17 years, I'm able to serve it as well. Uh, that's first hat. Second hat is I'm also the chairperson for our foundation that we run. So Veronic Foundation. Jen, we have a philosophy within our family and I'd say in the company as well. We earn to return. So WOM is sort of the earning machine and we return it through our foundation. Our foundation is primarily based for 
educating, educating the underserved, under-resourced, underprivileged, but also having just people understand that you can be successful in limited resources. There's not a lot that's required. It's really about having a positive mindset, a can-do attitude, and acknowledging what you do have, your own talents, as well as the resources that you may have around you and make the most of it. So my mom started this foundation about 20 years ago. My older daughter, Bhakti, and my younger daughter, Shay, um, are, have a variety of programs within Piranha Foundation. Actually, my older daughter is now the managing director for the Piranha Foundation. So that's three generations of women. That's running. so cool. Thank you, my dear. And now we're starting, hopefully, if everything passes and goes through, we should have our own school in Houston, Texas as well. So excited about that. And of course, the third um, hat, as I mentioned to you, is the author, which I'm so dearly excited about. And I'm really hoping that this is a gift. So you asked me how, what inspired me? So my daughters, my daughters inspired me. Now my daughters are well in their 20s, um, off to their own lives, their own journeys, which I love to I love to say this because I'm a lioness. Um, that's how I parent all the time. And I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but they inspired me. They're like, Ma, we've really gone through so much and we've come such a long way. I'm like, yeah, you know, we really have sort of trying to brush it off. And they were like, you should write a book. So I said, you know what? You're right. That would be a gift. So when we're talking about legacy, it, this really was sort of the, the thought that I had. And I had no idea what legacy meant when I started writing the book, by the way. No, this discovery came later as to really what this whole concept means. But for me, it was a gift. And honestly, it's not just about womanhood or, womanhood or girlhood or just being feminine. It's about the human experience. Jen, I always say one thing. Joy is joy. Pain is pain. The way we overcome certain situations to really find our footing, our foundation on this planet, all these experiences and emotions that we go through are human. So the book is really a human experience. So yeah, inspired by my daughters, but really it's a book for all daughters, all sons of the world. I love that. No, we're going to dive in a little bit more as we talk about legacy, but congratulations on the new school that's going to be opening. How exciting to be able to see the impact that you can make in your local community. What a <laughs> profound gift that you're giving to your community. And then just knowing that we get to talk. And I love that over the past five to 10 years, people have really kind of started to embrace more of talking about that human experience because why the heck were we hiding talking about it for 10, 20 years before that when we're all human? But I know we're going to be, we're diving into talking about how to build your legacy. And I think, I guess, depending on what career stage you're in, that question might be, do I even need to have a legacy or why do I need to care? Or it can even seem really meta. Like, what do you mean legacy? Like, who am I? Like, what do, what gifts do I even have? So let's baseline. And I know that you talked about how you even had your own discovery and coming to like what legacy meant. So let's baseline how to build your legacy, but let's baseline it by understanding what does legacy even mean? Uh, perfect, perfect question. What does legacy mean? It really does sound like it's way out there. So here's the most simplistic definition that I have come to understand. Legacy is when you start to positively impact someone or something other than yourself. So even as kids, when we smile in the grocery store, when we help somebody carrying their bags or whatever have you, we've already started to establish our legacy and we don't even know it. So the legacy, your legacy really is that. 
How are you impacting someone else's life so that then they start to kindle that little flame within them and they start to see their own futures and their own journeys? Legacy goes way beyond who we are as individuals or who I am as a person. So here's the beautiful part about legacy. It's about understanding what I have today as my torch, what I've been given from the past. It could be my culture, my upbringing, certain values, principles, just my life experiences that I've been gifted, right? And some of the challenging ones, especially, that have shaped and molded you. So you take those experiences along with the torch that you're holding today. And now if you know and understand one thing, solid part of being a human being is that someday, just as we were born, this is going to end as well. But the beauty of it is that there were so many lives that came before me, not just my grandma, great grandma and all of them, but just so many other people that came around the planet that have given me the life that I live today. Similarly, even after I pass away, there will be thousands and hundreds of lives that are going to come after me. So in my little lifespan today, in my little torch that I'm holding today, if I keep that awareness and make sure that every decision that I make, every choice that I make, should, at least to my intention, serve and positively impact something or someone, then then my legacy is already being built. I don't even need to think twice about it. So therefore, I take my torch that I have today, bring everything from the past, and be able to send it over into the future. That's legacy. That's legacy. And Jen, you and I having this conversation today, the people that are listening to us today, let's say, and maybe they're going to share it with their family, their company, their, their organization. That little one word, they've already started their legacy because somebody is going to remember them and said, hey, do you remember that conversation that we had? That's your legacy. I love that. Well, and I think that that in in the simplest level is just a way that we can all, you know, find that purpose, understand that are we, how are we impacting those around us? It's, I love that it's a very, like there's synergy with it of understanding that we have this ripple effect that we're all in here, that all of our experiences impact positively or negatively our colleagues, our partners, our friends, the community members, the people we see at the grocery store. But I love that it's, you know, it doesn't have to be this, did you get back in the biggest way with all of the funds? It could be just, how are you showing up to your team? How are you showing them support and love? Um, I appreciate that because it, it really just does empower the small choices. And I think right there gives us a lot more abundance and wealth and gratitude for all the things that we have instead of thinking, I have to have these big things to be able to do big things. It doesn't have to be that. But you know, going into that next question and why does it matter? Why do you think it is important for us to have legacy? Or maybe I should talk about what happens if we don't pay attention to it? (laughs) So if you don't pay attention to it, it's already being uh, set. But if you do pay attention to it, it brings a little bit more meaning to your life. And here's the reason why, at least for me, this is what makes sense. Uh, Throughout my life, I've always searched for honestly one thing, freedom. What is freedom? How do I get that taste or that feeling of freedom? So, and I, and I ask this question to all the, the people around me. It's like, as human beings, what are we, why do we get a job? Why do we have a family? What are we looking to do? We all want to be happy. 
We all are looking for happiness and happiness basically means I am free to choose, to be, to live, to breathe, to enjoy my family, to enjoy what I wear, whatever. So for me, these are two fundamentals for being a human being. We're all looking for happiness and freedom. Now, to be happy, though, what's a sort of prerequisite? To be happy, I need to be satisfied. Right. I need to be satisfied. If I'm satisfied, then sure, I'll be happy. But if I'm not satisfied, and I'm still searching and looking and feeling like I'm not enough, or this just needs to happen more, I need less or more, I'm not satisfied. I'm so far away from happy. In order for me to feel satisfied, here's what I think. We're, for, for, for us as human beings, we're not just sort of coming to experience things for our own selves. We're pack animals for a reason, which means that we are impacting and being impacted by all things, all environments around us. To have that sort of satisfaction, I need to be aware. I need to be aware of who I am. What am I doing? How am I showing up? How am I showing up? Do I give myself enough grace? Do I love myself? Have I given myself every opportunity to be my best? So it's a whole sort of self monologue with you and yourself, right? But then the awareness will start to spread from me to the next person. It could be a spouse, a child, your parent. It could be your teacher, whoever, your boss, whatever. But now it becomes a partnership. What is that awareness? What does it look like? Who I am today, how I show up in connection with another person. So I'm expanding my little circle here. It's not just me anymore, the circle. Am I happy? Am I happy? Am I satisfied? Am I showing up as my best? Am I performing my best? Then the connection doesn't end there. Then we go further to the larger circle of life, of living, which is the environment, the organizations and the communities that we interact in. If I can find that satisfaction between me, people around me, and the larger picture, the environments around me, then I will find that satisfaction. And then I'm one level a little closer to my happy. When I'm closer to my happy, then of course, I'm going to find my freedom. So going back to why is legacy even important? Legacy is that purpose. Legacy is to know that I did make an impact. I did make your life a little better, a little easier. I was able to do that. And not because I'm compromising or I'm, you know, being um, competitive about it. I'm being authentically me. So in order to feel satisfied, again, those self-conversations with me means I need to find my authenticity. When I find my authenticity and I show up this way, then all my personal feelings are content they're satisfied. I know I'm not doing anything to harm anybody. I'm just here to give my best. Then there's this little bit of a play going on between me, my team member, my spouse, my child, my parent, whatever. And that's what I call being playful. We're now we start to be, be a little bit playful. We're learning from each other. What role can I play? What role can I not play? Still, I'm in my authentic self. So this is still whole. Once this starts to get established and my character starts to be built, my personality, sort of my emotional muscles are now built. I'm still authentic. Then you can move on to the next one, which is I understand who I am. I understand me in the context of a few other people. But in the larger sense of life, how do I move that into my purpose? Because then my purpose will start to unfold because now I am showing up in my authentic self. 
as my purpose starts to unfold and I start to move my life and my companies in that direction, I will feel the satisfaction that now I have some meaning, some worthiness. And again, I'm not compromising. I'm here authentically me. Once that purpose is known, I start to become satisfied. And once I'm satisfied, going back to the same thing, satisfaction is happiness, happiness is freedom. And therefore, whether we know it or not, our legacy leads us to freedom. Crosshelm is a global organization dedicated to developing effective leaders. Companies all over the world have seen their managers transformed into leaders through our award-winning and accredited leadership development programs. Our signature BPM program provides interactive management training with a results-oriented curriculum and prime networking opportunities. If you're interested in learning more about our flagship program and developing your managers into leaders, please visit our website to find a leadership trainer near you. Or maybe you yourself have always wanted to train and develop others. Crestcom is a global franchise with ownership opportunities available throughout the world. If you have ever thought about being your own boss, owning your own business, and leveraging your leadership experience to impact businesses and leaders in your community, Crestcom may be the right fit for you. We're looking for professional executives who are looking for a change and want to make a difference in people's lives. Learn more about our franchise opportunity on the Own a Franchise page of our website at crestcom.com. And I love that it's, you know, it's that journey. And honestly, that one of my favorite questions to ask people, because I know so much of this, how do we build our legacy is rooted in, well, who are you? Your legacy is going to look different than someone else's based on the life experiences, based on what you value and what's important to you. And I honestly think that self-awareness, when you start to dive into that, I guess, exploration, I think it's probably pretty, it can be intimidating for some people, but others, it can be like, how do I even start that? And I'm curious. So I love to ask this because I I honestly think that self-awareness is one of the more challenging things because it is so nuanced that we might draw one conclusion and then, you know, one situation or one question later, and we might come to another conclusion. Do you by chance have any favorite questions that you like to ask people or even just little tools? Like I know freedom or authenticity, is it starting with a values assessment or what's like, what are some of your favorite ways just to start building that self-awareness for someone that's like, I don't even really know. This all seems too meta. Yeah, it's a lot meta. That's true. So let me tell you a story. Hopefully this helps. Uh, Last year for my 50th birthday, I decided that I wanted to climb Mount Everest, which I did. So congratulations. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. So went up there and it was an eight day journey. Okay. So I'm here in Nepal in a little town called Lukla. It's about 5,000 feet above sea level. And I started to climb on day one. And on day one, as I reached sort of like this, ridge of a cliff, right? And Jen, I looked up and I'm in the middle of the Himalayas, middle of the Himalayas. I mean, just tall. These mountains feel like they're at least five, 10 miles, way higher than I am, way past the clouds. Probably they're they're touching some stars somewhere, but just snow capped, rugged edges. The light is shining and reflecting on the snow, beautiful rocks, just all of it. And I look at it and I am overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. I want to cry. Just joyful gratitude tears. I want to uh, laugh. Just smile. And I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm also fearful. I'm like, whoa. And the first word that comes to my mouth is, wow, this is powerful. 
we talk about power, okay? And then my eyes go downwards. And as I look down, I kid you not, I see this white water just rushing, gushing through. It's cutting through the edges of this mountain. It's got stuff on this water. And I don't even know if it's a person or if it's a raft or whatever, but it's just flowing in the speed that I can't even imagine. I can't even tell you, but it looks like that. And from the distance that I'm from, looks like it's maybe two miles, three miles downwards. Same word, power. Oh my God, this is powerful. So I want to know what this word means because in the corporate world, I hear this all the time. I'm in the boardroom and someone walks in, there's like a little whisper going on. Well, it's power. that's a powerful person. Like, wow, okay, well, what does that mean? <laughs> and then of course, you know, you're listening to these companies on the news and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you hear people say, well, that's a powerful company. Great. Well, even what, what does that even mean? Right? right. So then I started asking this question to every person that I met as we rested every day. So about eight day journey, I had about 35 people that I was asking every night. Well, not every night, every night I would ask about two or three people. And then overall I had 35 responses on day eight. Here are my top three, because clearly I did not know what power meant. And I'm getting to how this all fits into where where we're going. I didn't know what it meant. So top three answers to what power is. Power number one is the ability to, sorry, the, the ability to positively impact someone or something. Number two, power is energy. Number three, and the third answer that I got was, again, the top three for me, was power is to know the potential that you have, but to know that you have not reached it yet. All right, so I'm taking these top three for me. And on the eighth day, actually at 3 a.m. in the morning, we're getting ready to hit base camp. It's freezing cold. I'm not even sure what my heart rate is at. I try to boil all of these things down. And again, we're going through kind of like this moonscape and it still is powerful. And we just sort of showed up there and the word came to me and the word What really is power boiled down into one word? And that's authenticity. Here's what I mean. The mountains do not know they are powerful. They're just a big mush of rock and sand and dust and dirt and grass. That's all they are. They have no idea that they're powerful. The water is just gushing right through. It has no idea it's powerful. It's just showing up. And it's both. They're showing up not out of fear not out of comparison, not out of guilt or shame or wanting to prove anything. They just show up in their purest element. Each one of us has those elements. Each one of us has exactly what we are meant to do and meant to feel. We have it all. Our job is to show up in our authentic self because when we do, we are powerful. It's not about comparing. It's not about fear. Not about trying to redeem ourselves from some past that we've done. Show up today. And that is where you start. That is where we all should start. Authentically me. Just show up. Oh my gosh. If we could all be authentic, do you think it would completely remove (laughs) the midlife crises or let's call it the new quarter life crises? Right. Right. We actually stay in lockstep in our life experience with what's important to us instead of hiding that. Because I guess when you talk about authenticity, I I love that word. It's been something that's 
really important to me, especially because I've always been described as a big personality. She's too much. She's too much. And, you know, you initially are conditioned by society, by your work environments to mute that, to edit that. And I knew that I did that for so long and I would never do it again. But that also takes, it takes courage. It's hard because it's giving yourself permission to say, I'm going to be me, whether or not people like it. And I'm always going to honor me. Like one, when I started to become a coach 10 years ago, I, one of the things I said is any job never makes me happy. I will walk. I have full trust that I will figure out, or I can make that U-turn or I can make that 90 degree turn, but yet authenticity is still that thing. And you talked about comparison and I'm, I'm just curious. It's so easy being a perfectionist and achiever to compare. That's like breathing. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Tell me if I'm getting it right. Um, any ways that you, you know, share insights to be softer with ourselves, to not compare, or how not do you manage not comparing with people? Because I think yeah, it is hard. That is the delicate thing. Like, I want to be me, but yet, am I going to be good enough or liked or accepted or successful like that person? And so I'm curious from your perspective, what, how do you, you know, you have a huge career, you've created a ton of success. How do you balance that and like allow that comparison to kind of sift away so you can be your authentic self? Such a great question. And it's not easy. It's not easy. I've now come to this stage where I'm like, you know what? No, I'm showing up for who I am. And I realized going back in the past is every time I did show up, just me and respectfully, kindly, gently with everybody else, just because I'm authentically me doesn't mean I'm going to be rude to anyone else. But every time I showed up, just me, I actually succeeded. I was actually able to achieve and realize my targets and goals. So living for a little bit longer on, a, on this planet, you kind of realize, oh, you know what? That actually worked for me versus fighting, comparing, wanting to prove continuously. So here's a little bit of my background story and kind of goes into the book where um, when I was born, I was born as the eldest child in an Indian family, which meant that I was expected to be the son. I was expected to be a boy. Now you can't change that. I'm a, I was born or born a girl. So the the cultural nuances that I had at that time, for example, my dad and even my mom, they were like, well, she should have been a son. So my dad, it was really hard for him to accept me for the first two years of my life. And you can imagine those are our formative years. Mm -hmm. My whole life until I was about 35 was about how do I please my dad? How do I be good enough? How can I just show him one more thing, one more thing? And that was my race. My race was not so much about comparing me to someone else, but it was about comparing me to a version of me that I wanted to be in someone else's eyes. And that was my dad. That's what my race was about. Now, my spiritual journey eventually took me to where I understood who my heavenly father was. I was able to forgive me, forgive my dad for the past and all of that. And honestly, here's the other part. Just a little bit of a side note. So for those of you who know my, my dad, Mr. Chronic, it took him not very many years to figure out that, oh, this is a cultural thing. All people, all children are beautiful. All children are lovable. So, I mean, he, he supports me like no other person on this planet. But when I was two, of course, that was a different story. And now we're at a different place in our world, in our, in our lives. But that was the comparison. So, again, I go back to what was I looking for? Happy our definition of happy needs to be revisited and reviewed. My definition of happy was as long as my dad is happy, I'm happy. 
but I was compromising. I was sacrificing every time. So when I say show up authentically me, it takes a lot of practice and it is practice because we are born human beings to mimic. We copy paste all day long. That's how I learned how to talk. That's how I learned how to take my foot, my first steps. I copied and I pasted in my body going, oh, that's how I take my first step. So we are great at that. That's our first habit is to copy, is to mimic, is to just absorb. There's a time when we need to stop all of that. It's kind of like scaffolding. We've built all these layers of scaffolding. Now it's time to release all of that. See the building that we are. See the person that we are. And it takes practice because we will so quickly be tempted to go, oh, wait a second, maybe I need to step back into that, into that role. But once we practice and once we center and when we really start to honor and give us that little bit of time, whether it's a routine, whether it's a morning habit, an evening practice, whatever have you, build something that will remind you. My daughter does something really cool to me. Whenever I kind of go like, yeah, maybe I don't look so good today or whatever, she will quickly write a sticky note and stick it on my mirror and say, you are the most gorgeous woman on this planet or, or something very sweet like that. Little reminders also help. Little reminders help every person to know, stay connected. Oh, wait a second. Keep that practice going throughout the day. So if it's a sticky note on the mirror, if it's, you know, something that you write on your lunchbox or something that's in your wardrobe that says, yep, I look stunning. That reminds me that I'm stunning. Do it. Maybe it's just a pair of shoes that make you look fantastic, make you feel like you've got control of this world and control of everything that you need to be in control of. Do it. Find the little hints and clues around you that will remind you to be authentically you and continue practicing. I love it. It's the, it sounds like it's, you know, it's, it's that journey of self-love, the learning how to appreciate who we are, because I would argue that external validation for me and relying on it again is probably as simple as like, I need oxygen. Oh, I need to defer my worth to someone else's opinion. of me. That's so rooted into like who I am. And I think that still the challenging thing is that internal validation, learning how to be like, Chen, even if you got rejected, you're still a good person. And I love just that reminder of, yeah, we get into our own head. So you need to put some reminders around to take back your power because otherwise we're living in that place of everything happens to us and we don't have control. And one thing we actually do is how we talk to our dang selves and how we see our value. I know that we have to wrap the podcast, but I've really enjoyed this conversation. And I'm curious, any final thoughts that you would want to share as it relates to how to build your legacy or even the conversation of learning how to love ourselves and find our and see our value? Well, Jen, I always say the one thing, but there's always a way with the right, the right mindset to know that each day has a purpose, has a meaning, there's always a way. And here's the other part. There's always a way to be playful, okay? Playful, powerful, powerful, which is your authentic self, playful, the way you show up with everyone else, and purposeful. Just remember those things and let everything else guide you through. There's always a way. Love that. There is always a way. Every do or every new day is an opportunity to begin again. Ronnie, how can our, I mean, I know you have the foundation. You've also got WOMP. How can our audience best get in touch with you? Oh, thank you so much. So RonniePuranic.com, R-A-N-I-P-U-R-A-N-I-K.com. And actually we have a, a quiz on there that I think your audience would love to take. It'll tell, it'll reveal to the audience what 
chapter of life of their life phase that they are in, whether it's love, whether it's leadership or legacy, they'll actually find out. So take the quiz. And uh, again, Ronnie Pranik on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, you'll see me. If you want to get the book, you can pre-order it. It's releasing May 24th, but on Amazon, look for seven letters to my daughters and you can pre-order it. Ronnie, thank you so much for the, I love this. It's a, it's a nice here. It's Tuesday morning or excuse me. It's Wednesday. Wow. It's Wednesday morning, but it's such a beautiful message to start our day. So no matter where you are sitting from and listening to this conversation, you know, a go pick up the book, but just remember that your time is happening right now that you've got that opportunity. Ronnie, thank you so much for being on the show. I wish I could have even expanded on you climbing Everest. What a fantastic and amazing feat in your life. I, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. But thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your lessons. And I just am very grateful to have you. Thank you so much, Jen. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Leadership Habit Podcast. If you want to learn more about Ronnie, you can head on over to her website, ronnieperonic.com, or you can purchase her book, Seven Letters to My Daughters, Light Lessons of Love, Leadership, and Legacy on Amazon and numerous other book retailers. If you know someone that is interested or would like to think how they can intentionally build that legacy, share this podcast. Or please leave us a review on your favorite podcast streaming service. And of course, if you're looking to develop yourself or your team as leaders, head on over to crosscom.com. We would love to come into your organization and help you be your best team and be your best leader. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.